Welcome to the Selfless Syndrome Show, where we help women executives and entrepreneurs rise through adversity, connect to their intuition, transform their hormones, and get their energy back. This is the show where we go beyond asking, how do I treat my symptoms? And instead examine, how do I truly heal, transform my hormones, and change my life? We are here to bring you outside the box ideas, interviews, and action steps focused in the areas of health, relationships, and our career, all three of which have a huge impact on our hormones. My name is Dr. Alex Swenson-Ridley. I'm your host, mentor, speaker, author, entrepreneur, and thought leader on hormones and work-life balance for high-achieving women. I'm also a wife, mom, and stepmom to four boys and a furball, and I'm a woman whose own life experience and journey from adversity and the resulting hormonal chaos to finding hormonal harmony has led to me helping other women break with convention and find the tools they need to not just survive, but thrive. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hello, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Alex Winston-Ridley. I'm really excited to be joined today by Leah Marie, I realized I didn't ask your last name, but Mazur, who is a certified divorce recovery coach for women and the founder of Mindfully Ready, LLC. She specializes in helping women release guilt, shame, and feelings of failure so that they can find acceptance, rebuild their self-confidence, and thrive after divorce. She also provides a safe, judgment-free community for women rebuilding after divorce in her private Facebook group called Divorced and Empowered. So, Leah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to. I, it's weird to say I'm excited to have this conversation, but <laughs> you know, I think it's it's one that that is needed for many of us. I know I've been through divorce. I'm, you know, in my second marriage and. Fortunately, that's all going well. But, you know, I, many of my clients and many of our listeners have either been through or are in that place of, you know, potentially looking at the experience of divorce. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd love maybe to start off. Let's, I, I usually start with just kind of asking your story and, and how you have arrived at, at doing what you do. And then we'll, we'll flow from there. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll go, I'll go back a little ways. When I was 16, I actually witnessed my mom have an asthma attack in our home and pass away. And she was only 41 years old. Uh, and then only five years later, my dad died of pancreatic cancer. So by 21 years old, uh, my parents were gone. I'm an only child. And I really kind of had to just figure everything out on my own. Um, And what I didn't realize at the time was those traumatic losses caused really deep-seated abandonment issues. And I had this really big fear of being alone. So I coped with that by basically becoming a serial monogamist. I just hopped from relationship to relationship, but like they were my buoys to keep me afloat. I just didn't know any other way. And uh, I was afraid to be alone. I didn't know how to do that. So after my second divorce, that was my wake up call where I was like, okay, Leah, obviously there's a pattern here. There's something going on. You know, if you really want to find happiness, you're going to have to figure this out. So that's when I faced my fear of being alone. I had to learn how to stand on my own two feet. And I did all that work um, on myself that really, you know, I should have done years before, Um, you know, the therapy, meditation, journaling, gratitude practice. I mean, all the things to find myself again, rebuild my self-confidence and know my worth and and be able to feel confident just being alone. Uh, And so that changed everything. So I essentially was able to take 
all of those tools and strategies and create a framework for other women so that they can, you know, after divorce, they can learn how to embrace their independence and rebuild their self-confidence and know their worth without having to go through all of that, like trial and error, essentially that, you know, that I did. Awesome. Um, it's really great to, you know, it's such a hard thing, I think, to really look at our own side of the street and to recognize our role in, in relationships and in things. And similar to you, I, you know, I've talked about on the show, kind of going through my divorce and my ex-husband, there was alcoholism involved, which was part of that, but there was also a whole lot that I had to confront and heal through and probably deal with on my own side of the street that led to me being in that type of relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know you talk a lot about guilt and shame and some of those emotions that can come up with it. And I definitely faced a lot of those, you know, both when I was married and even after I decided to exit that marriage and, and move on. Um, and it's like this interesting line of like trying to taking all the blame or thinking something's wrong with us or, or any of those things. and and really like there being an end point to a relationship and to a place where it's not healthy. So I don't know if you have any, we're going to go deep on this one, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> because you do. Yeah. I mean, when you're, especially when you're in that phase where you're really trying to just gain acceptance so that you can move forward, a huge part in that is reflecting and, and understanding the role that you played. And it's not necessarily you know, playing the blame game or pointing fingers, but you did play a role. And so where were you responsible? How can you hold yourself accountable? Where were you mentally and emotionally when you, when you started that relationship, right? I mean, there's lots of reasons for, for divorce. Um, And so what role did you play? And when you can do that, it empowers you to make different choices in the future that will give you different results. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so key and so huge and you know for anyone listening like this you know we're getting we just dove right into that but <laughs> we're getting into kind of the, the deeper work that any of us really need to do whether it's a marriage or a different relationship it's you know there's always it's not always just about the other person and there's always another side of the street and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the you know, ability to heal and to, to find harmony again and find love again, like whatever that is. I'm also the product of, uh, they're not even blended. My parents are divorced. They got divorced when I was 22. And, you know, they're, they're an example of people who have not necessarily negotiated that very gracefully or, or healed all that well. Um, there's like this weird triangle with my dad's new partner and my mom share a hairdresser in a small town. And it's just, you know, 15 years later, they're still acting like they're in seventh grade. So we've, we've got those things too. So I would love to hear from you. Like, how do we really step into a place? Let's just have this conversation. How do we find our empowerment going through something that can be painful and difficult and honestly keep you stuck if you're really mm-hmm. not 
Yeah. Well, a powerful tool that I always recommend to clients because it's so easily accessible is journaling um, because that really helps you process your thoughts and feelings. It's an outlet to get some of that stuff out. Um, Also, you you end up almost answering your own questions sometimes, like you find answers that you didn't even know you had in yourself. And it's a great way to track your progress because a lot of times I find uh, with my clients, they, they don't, they like forget how far they've come. You know, they're like, oh, I feel like I should be further along. I don't know why it's taking so long. It's like, well, let's track back, you know, a month ago or four months ago. I mean, see where you were at when you were journaling, right? Because you don't realize that you actually do come a lot further than you yeah. think. Um, So that's a really great tool. But don't be afraid to get support. I mean, that's the thing is sometimes we're mm-hmm. so caught up in our own habits and our own way of thinking that we, it's difficult to see ourselves objectively. And so when you have someone, you know, depending on what your needs are, a therapist or a coach like me, that's their job is to listen and help you kind of see what's going on or they'll see what's going on more objectively and then kind of like show you, okay, well, here's what I'm hearing or here's what I'm seeing and give you suggestions to help make different choices that will essentially give you these different results or help you just create new, healthier habits. Yeah, absolutely. And it starts with us, right? You know, the, you just paraphrase the definition of insanity, but it's, you know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that could be jumping from relationship to relationship, or, you know, it could be when we haven't really taken the time to get clear on who we really are and, and what we need and found some level of being okay on our own, I think mm-hmm. is, is the big thing. And, you know, fortunately, I actually reached that point before I got remarried. And it's been a completely different experience. My husband happens to be sitting right in front of me (laughs) recording this, but you know, it's, it's completely different from that first time around when I was very much in that place of, you know, being, I was codependent. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I needed to fix other people and that was like how I felt valued and felt important was in those roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a a lot of times I'll get the question, well, when, how do I know that I'm ready to date again? Right. And, you know, if I had that exact formula, I'd be a billionaire because everyone wants the answer (laughs) to that question. So even though there's not an exact formula, a good rule of thumb is, you know, you're ready for a new relationship, a healthy relationship. When you get yourself to a place where you feel happy, whole and fulfilled all by yourself. It's okay to want a relationship, but when you feel like you need one, there's still some more work to do, right? A relationship shouldn't be filling any kind of void that you have. You need to be able to meet all of your own needs and a relationship just adds value to your life. Um, And when you get to that place, it's like the most powerful place you can get to because then you can date and you don't have attachments to any outcomes, you know, like if it works great, if it doesn't, good. I'm I'm good. I'm good on my own. I don't need it to work out. You can date with a lot higher standards. You'll have stronger deal breakers because you know who you are and what you want and what you need in a relationship. So it's, it is, it's a game changer and that's the best place to be in to meet your ideal partner. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's really key. Like knowing what you need in a relationship. This is something I talk about all the time on the show relationship to ourselves because a lot mm-hmm. of women you know I'm, I'm talking about selfless syndrome where we constantly just give and give and give of ourselves and if you've given to the point where you know nothing's left in a relationship is ended 
like the first place that we really need to figure out what we need is what we actually need for ourselves. And then, you know, you can look out to what you both need and want in a relationship mm-hmm. with a, Yeah. Yeah. With and some people who have trouble kind of pinpointing that, like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. You can, you can kind of start, you could backtrack and uh, what is that called? Like reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. And think of, okay, well, what do I know I don't want? What happened yeah. in these past relationships that I know I don't want again, or things I don't want to repeat, right? And that's kind of a way, an easier way to give you a better idea of what you know you, you will be looking for, of the things that you do need in a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So for those listening that maybe are somewhere, somewhere in the vast space of, of getting started on this like and let's maybe focus in on because this this came up with a client of mine you know she'd just gotten remarried and they'd been together a while but like things just fell apart almost immediately after they got remarried and she her biggest reason for not wanting to leave the relationship you know she recognized that's what she needed to do but what was holding her back was feeling ashamed and feeling guilt and you know the stuff of being going through that yet again like having the experience of getting divorced again. And so, you know, whether it's a relationship ending for the first time or a second time or, you know, the fifth time, what, where, wherever you're at on that, I guess I'm curious for you, like, where do you start with processing and moving beyond those yeah. emotions? So I always recommend focusing on what you gained, what wisdom, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to think, well, I'm a failure. Like this failed, I'm, I'm a failure. I believe that there's a, it's only a failure if you learned nothing, right? If you, if you just walked away with absolutely no more wisdom than you had when you first started. So when you can look for the wisdom, what did you gain? What do you know now that you didn't have before? What did you learn about yourself, about life, about relationships? Um, that's a good way to kind of help take those things into the next chapter and feel a little bit better about it. Um, because we can get so so, you know, be so hard on ourselves, that inner critic and negative self-talk is really what gets us feeling um, bad. I mean, that's where a lot of the shame comes to is like self-shame is telling ourselves that we failed or we weren't good enough or we didn't do enough or we didn't do a good enough job. Um, So being also really mindful of those conversations you're having with yourself have a huge impact on how you feel. Yeah, that's really, really good. And I think that, that, you know, that starts to shift the focus from like all the things that went wrong or, you know, beating ourselves up or maybe beating the other person up mentally, you know, hopefully not physically, but, you know, <laughs> to, to really like looking at our, what we can be responsible for as we talked about, but also, you know, there is something to be learned in each of our relationships. I was just on a mastermind with, um, some colleagues before we got on this. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, the the role that some of those hard things and the hard choices and the hard experiences that we go through, but the role that that actually has in our lives. And a lot of time it's designed to help shape us into who we really are meant to be. And we mm-hmm. have to go through those things in order to get there. Like without mm-hmm. them, you know, would Helen Keller have been who she was if she hadn't gone blind and had a mentor through all of that? Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. it's stepping back enough to recognize that. Yeah, so true. It's just kind of seeing it like the the bigger picture, right? Stepping back and looking at the bigger picture of things. And that's true. I mean, that's how 
you become wise and strong and resilient. You know, it's not because everything just came really easily and you had no trials or tribulations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is another one that I know I scheduled struggled with when I went through my divorce and that was being willing to admit that I was lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious, I know we can maybe talk about some of the struggles that you see from, from women, but I know this was a hard one for me. And I actually had a, a mentor kind of look at me directly and be like, are you lonely? And I was like, what? No, I'm fine. He's like, you're so full of crap. <laughs> like, okay, yes, I'm lonely. And, you know, I think we get attached to like the negative of some of these things versus really just owning like taking ownership of you know maybe you are lonely right now maybe you are going through whatever emotions you're going through but if we can own it it doesn't become something that's happening to us it just it becomes something that we have empowerment Mm -hmm. through if that makes sense yeah because you have to first recognize it and then it and then again this goes back to then meeting your own needs if you're lonely how could you meet meet your own needs without feeling like you are relying on that external source or that relationship to fill those needs because starting a new relationship based on that lack or that void of well i'm lonely i need this to help me feel less lonely is going to get you into trouble So meeting your own needs. And so when you find yourself in situations like that, some great things to do are nurture relationships you already have, like friends, family, coworkers, you know, how can you stay more connected with them? Um, Getting new hobbies, trying new things, getting a creative outlet is wonderful because that passes the time. It gives you fulfillment. It builds your self-confidence and it helps you learn about yourself again, right? You're like finding yourself. So it helps you figure out who you are. Um, And that's the time. Like when you're healing after a breakup or a divorce, that's the time to start exploring and experimenting and discovering and doing all the things. Like what kinds of things did you used to love, but maybe you stopped doing because you didn't have time for, or what kinds of things were you always interested in or kind of curious about, but you never really pursued. That's the time start doing it all. And then you can find yourself along the way you find fulfillment. And those are great opportunities to connect with more like-minded people. Absolutely. And, you know, this is speaking to even if you're not going through the end of your relationship or anything, I think just after COVID and and coming out of isolation and the pandemic, so many of my clients I know had lost touch with that, you know, being connected to people, especially, and even more so those who maybe were single or, you know, don't have big families around them that they were like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. All of those are great ideas. So I just wanted to (laughs) <laughs> bring, yeah. bring light to that um <clears throat> and I guess let's, let's we can kind of shift gears like are there any mistakes that you see women make yeah I mean the, the biggest mistake this. is is dating too soon um and I get it I mean that was me and that's how I wound up with the yeah. second divorce is because I hopped right into another relationship and there's lots of reasons why that might be tempting right if you're lonely if you're bored if your self-esteem is down the toilet you know if you haven't had that kind of like uh, affection or attention from someone in a while right I mean, there's lots of reasons to do it but those aren't great reasons to that's not going to help you find the right relationship right um but that's definitely the most common one and, and the biggest mistake I see because 
you know, no one wants to go through another breakup when they're healing from a divorce, right? Because sometimes that can be even more painful. Uh, and so that's even more reason to just give yourself, just take a beat, you know, give yourself some space to heal, find yourself again, so that you know that you're in the ideal position to be able to find the right partner and make sure that you're not settling or, you know, choosing someone for the wrong reasons. Absolutely. I think all of that is, and it, it can be so, you know, it's uncomfortable, I think, for a lot of us to choose to be alone. But really what we're talking about is to powerfully, like when you can powerfully choose to be alone, that's when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To- and it also sometimes comes back to that self-talk again. It's like, if you're alone, well, what conversations are you having with yourself is, well, I'm alone because nobody wants me because I'm not good enough because I'm getting too old, right? Because I'm broken or damaged good. I mean, we can have those conversations with ourselves and that's going to, that's a reflection of then how we're going to feel. Right. And so if we're careful about what we're saying to ourselves about it, it it's going to change the way you feel about it. Yeah. And this is something I've talked about on the show. You know, if we want to get sciencey about it, this is how <laughs> neuroscience and neuroplasticity and all this has, you know, shown, we have to really take ownership and capture of our thoughts. And when you start thinking new thoughts and assigning new meaning to experiences and your feelings, then you create a new reality. And that can totally. be one. Yeah. You know. And so after my second divorce, that is when I started getting heavily into meditation and that was a complete mm-hmm. lifesaver. I mean, that was, that changed everything for me. And it's something I still do on a regular basis. And so I do talk about meditation with my clients, but it can be a very intimidating thing. Like when the people hear (laughs) meditation, they're like, oh, I can't do it. I can't sit still. My mind goes crazy. Right. And so what I found to be helpful is really just giving them tools that help cultivate self-awareness without necessarily like, you know, saying, okay, go sit down and set a timer for 15 minutes and like meditate. Right. So just create anything that helps you create that self-awareness and brings you into the present moment so that you can pay attention to those thoughts and acknowledge them. Um, you know, because like, I mean, you know, he said getting sciencey, I mean, your brain pumps out 60 to 80,000 thoughts every 24 hours. It's mayhem up there and your brain lies to you all the time. So you've just got to get good at paying attention to the thoughts and then choosing which ones you want to believe because you do have a choice. Yes. Yeah. And as you choose them, it's then dialing up the volume, if you will. On yeah. That. Yeah. And I know it's something I've struggled with and that I hear from a lot of women is like our brain also knows if we're trying to trick it or, you know, make changes. And so it'll, it'll then put in the like, oh, that's not true. You know, you're not really <laughs> awesome. Don't believe yeah. that. No, 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 that's not true. And so, you know, a lot of times it's, I've learned to frame things like maybe you don't say like, oh, I am beautiful and amazing and, you know, everybody loves me, but maybe you're looking forward to experiencing that or mm-hmm. maybe you're ready and excited yes the next year like you can language is very powerful so yes like i am healing it. more and more every day, every day. i am learning yeah. how to love myself more and more yeah kind of like that that journey yeah yeah and then one day it will just feel good to say i utterly and completely love myself yes you know, totally i have uh, a friend that I, I met as part of a business group who was like one of my first guests on this podcast years ago. And she said that phrase, someone challenged her to write it down and, and read it to herself every day. And and she like, couldn't, she, she came from a, a very heavy trauma background, but 
you know, it took her, I think, a year to be able to say those words out loud and actually believe them. Yeah. But, you know, so we all have our layers of the journey and and level that we're starting at, but Mm -hmm. it's possible to heal. So I, you know, I would love to hear from you. Like I've got my own, I wouldn't really call it a fairy tale, but (laughs) my my own happily happy ending post-divorce. But what are some of the things that women have to look forward to on the other side? Yeah. Well, embracing who they are. I mean, when you can feel confident and feel good in your own skin and just enjoy your life and creative, fulfilling life, it's amazing. Um, and I did too. I found my unicorn. My my third husband is the love of my life. Um, and I I wouldn't have that again if I hadn't gone through what I did. I mean, I learned so much from those first two divorces. I knew exactly what I was looking for and, and what I needed in a relationship because I was able to stand on my own two feet. So when you get to that place you really can find the relationship that you really want. You know, sometimes we stay in the wrong relationships because hope dies last, right? We just want it to work so bad. And we feel like, well, if this could change or if that could change, then then this could be the relationship that I really want, or then this could be the partner I really want. But but really, it is possible to find a partner where you don't feel like you need to change anything about them. That does exist. You can have a healthy, long-term relationship that feels good to you with someone who respects you, who treats you well, who you communicate well with, and, and who you're compatible with on mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and you know, physically, physical levels. Um, that that exists. It's true. It can happen. And so there, there is a lot to look forward to. And yeah. And the things that you don't have to deal with too, right? Like you're, you're getting, if you're getting out of like a toxic situation, that is something to look forward to that, that weight lifted off of your shoulders, that freedom from, from all of those arguments and all of that stress and overwhelm and that self-doubt and everything that was kind of haunting you for, you know, years possibly. Um, So just to kind of get to the other side, you know, one of the most common things that I hear from my clients is that the one regret that they have is that they wish they would have left sooner. I hear that all the time. Um, and this is what we do, right? We're fixers. Like we we want to try to do everything that we possibly can uh, before we, you know, essentially throw in the towel. You know, we think it's like, we're giving up, but it's not. It's yeah. like, it's, it's a choice, you know? It's not like you're just giving up. It's like, you can only do so much and you get to a point where it's like, uh, either, either this is gonna work or it's not and I need to move forward. Yeah. And I think that's key. I actually, um, I share this story and I just finished writing a book, like the day we're recording this is the day it's publishing. So it's very (laughs) exciting, but I tell a story in there of, um, an activity that I went through. I was at a personal growth seminar when I was in my twenties and this was in relation to my dad, but it applies to, applies to any relationship. You know, they, I was up in a room of 300 people and the leader asked me like chocolate or vanilla choose. And I was like, well, chocolate, of course. And then he's like, well, why did you choose chocolate? So I gave him all my long list of reasons. And then, you know, he's uh, just kind of looked at me and was like, chocolate or vanilla, choose. And like the third time we went through this, I knew I was missing something. But finally, I was like, I choose chocolate because I choose chocolate. And then he was like, your dad, choose. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, And so in that moment, I really chose my dad without all the story and the reasons and the justifications and all that. And I really encourage anyone listening to this, especially if you're examining a relationship. Mm-hmm. So the pro con list, the searching for answers and you know, books and all the things that I did and like made myself crazy with. It's like, can you just choose that person as they are mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. moment without changing anything? And if the answer is yes, awesome. And if it's no, 
that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Attachment to it. Right. And you've got to just really be honest with yourself and then accept the answer. Right. And then take action based off of what that truth is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's the only other thing I wanted to kind of add to this was like, I came from a, I found faith later in life. And so I got married, you know, in this Christian paradigm and nothing against Christianity. I think I was just too early in my faith to really, like, I knew what I needed to do probably two years before I finally hit the point where it was like, no, it's, it's time. Like we've, we've hung on mm-hmm. to this long enough. And I was shocked by how many people, you know, from my church were like, Oh, thank goodness you did that. I've <laughs> been waiting for you to make the decision. I, was like, I didn't even say anything sooner, but you know, we get so caught up in like what society says about divorce or what our family mm-hmm. says, or, you know, there's all this external input and really it comes down to like, it's a choice you have to make for you and it's about mm-hmm. what's in your heart and what you need Yeah, to let that be okay. Yeah. And that can be really hard. I mean, I struggled with yeah. that myself after my second divorce, you know, I was 36. I'm like, Oh my God, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? What does this mean about me? And, um, and it's funny that you said it took you two years because that's the average on average. It takes, it takes people about two years of like contemplation about it before they actually pull the trigger on a divorce. Um, and so there could be a lot of that. But it's true. I mean, you have to do what's right for you. You are the guardian of your own energy. You are responsible for your own happiness and well-being. Um, and so you've got to own that. You've got to take you've got to take charge and, and take responsibility for it. And so if you're in a place that is just not good for you or it's just not working and you know you're missing something and, and you want to go find happiness, then you gotta do it. And not everyone will agree yeah. and not everyone will understand yeah. and not everyone will be clapping for you. But that doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your life. You have to live it in alignment with yeah. what feels right for you. Yep. And we have permission to want more, to not settle, to be happy, to yes. There is permission for that. And yeah. Yeah. I think people get um, caught in, you know, I mean, one of the vows is like till death do you part, right? So you're making this promise that I will be with you forever and ever and ever, no matter what, but it's not, you know, marriage is not unconditional love. Marriage is an agreement. You're, You're stepping into an agreement. And if some things are not being upheld, if you get to a place where you, your, your health or your well-being or your happiness is, is, being impeded on, it's okay to leave. You can, you can leave, right? Because you're, you've got to be your number one, you know, you sacrificing your needs um, for someone else for the rest of your life is, is not the way to do it, right? You've got to make sure that you're meeting your own needs. Even when you are in a relationship, even when you're in a healthy relationship, you're still responsible for your own happiness. You still got to be meeting your own needs. You can't be relying on somebody else to be doing that for you. Yeah, I think that's a misconception a lot of us have. And even hearing this, it still won't make sense. You know, we all tend to think of love as 50-50. And like, you know, so we have these expectations. So if I do this, they're supposed to do that and all this stuff. But really, love is 100% and expecting nothing back. Yeah. And when you can really, it sounds weird, but when you can really live from that place and, you know, there's so much more harmony (laughs) in relationships. Yes. I heard somebody, um, it was was one of my coaches, I think had said something about how we all walk around with this invisible handbook of how we think that other people should behave and and what they should say. Right. We've got this handbook Mm -hmm. and 
like all of the problems that we wind up with in relationships with people is because they are not abiding by our handbook, you know, our invisible handbook that we carry around all the time. If they would just follow my rules, everything would work out. Everything would be fine. And so that's, I think, another thing is being able to just accept people at face value, not not hoping, not expecting that they're going to show up or behave or say things that you would say, right? It's like you Mm -hmm. are your own unique person and that's how you show up in the world. And you can't expect other people to see things the same way or believe the same things or act the same way. Um, And when you can accept people like that at face value, that changes a lot too. Especially even like when, like you said, when you're kind of contemplating a divorce, it's, it's not the potential of what's, you know, the relationship could be or the potential Mm -hmm. of what this person, it's what are they showing you? What, you know, and that's another thing. It's like not, not the words that they're saying, but the actions, right? So what actions, what are they showing you? Um, And is that enough? Is that working? And then if it's not, you have to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. And do the hard things. Yes. You know, it's, I'm, neither one of us are saying this is easy, but when you do have the courage to leap and to really ask more, I think, you know, you're asking for more for yourself, for your life. Yeah. It opens the door for that to be possible. Yes. No, yeah. Divorce um, is very difficult. I mean, it's one of the hardest things a person could go through. It's a huge life transition and a huge undertaking. Um, But I think what would be even harder is getting to the end of your life and looking back with nothing but regret because you felt like you sacrificed so much um, just because of fear. You know, you can do things scared. Get get the support you need. Yeah. Yeah. And to end on kind of an empowering note, I'll share a a quick story. And then um, if you have anything else you want to add to wrap up, but I interviewed a woman on the show, um, Dr. Debbie Silver, I think is her name, but she talks about post-traumatic or post-betrayal syndrome. That's something Mm. that she wrote her, her thesis on and got a doctorate on um, dissertation. That's what I'm looking for. But anyways, her, you know, relationship was her husband had been unfaithful, like, consistently throughout their marriage she didn't realize that huge amount of betrayal and they went through the process of, of getting divorced and through that and who they each came out as on the other side they actually chose each other again but in a completely new relationship like they had to let the first one die <laughs> and mm-hmm. and go to bed and do the divorce and do all that and then they were able to actually come together and you know not even rebuild it it was like they created something completely new Mm -hmm. and and, you know so you're never like you never know what's going to happen yeah yeah that's a beautiful story um that it's probably that's probably rare I don't know how many people would marry the same person again (laughs) but that's amazing and but again it takes two I mean so in a circumstance like that that means both of those people individually were holding themselves accountable taking responsibility and then taking consistent action to create that lasting change it can't just be one right it's got to be both that are invested in making those changes absolutely yeah and so you know again rare but yeah anything is possible yes <laughs> yes i say that but it's not a reason to stay like you have to be willing yeah. to let let the current thing go yeah so um well this has been good and fun and all the things <laughs> <laughs> any any parting thoughts that you have for our listeners um and also how can they connect with you this, yes this world? um so if you're listening just 
you know, you're not alone. Even if you think that you are, you're not, you can get support. Um, if you go to mindfullyready.com, that's mindfullyready.com. You can join my private support group. It's for women who are going through or recovering from a divorce. It's an amazing community. Um, you can also grab a free empowerment guide and training video to help you gain acceptance, build your self-esteem, and then help you gain clarity on what's next. So you can get that on my website. Um, and then you can also book a consultation with me if you want to kind of dive into what's going on so that I can give you some tools to help you move forward and build your self-confidence. Um, and then I also just released my online course. So if you're looking to take a self self-paced online course to help you build your self-confidence, find acceptance, release negative self-talk, uh, and move forward after your divorce, that's available on there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and helping me tackle what can be kind of a hard topic, I would say. But, um, you know, hopefully this for our listeners gave you some inspiration, some places to start, some guidance. Yes. And some hope. Yes. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Selfless Syndrome Show. It is for listeners like you that I continue to show up every week to share new ideas, interviews, and action steps on rising through adversity, connecting to your intuition, getting your energy back, and balancing your hormones. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review. You can do this on whatever platform you are joining us from. This helps us continue to grow and reach even more women around the world. Also, while I love showing up and sharing my deep thoughts with you, I'd also love to connect with you and get to know what questions you have and would like answers to. Visit www.selflesssyndrome.show. That's S-E-L-F-E-S-S-S-Y-N-D-R-O-M-E dot show. And send me an email or leave me a message. I will answer your question on an upcoming episode. Again, that's www.selflesssyndrome.show. There, you can also get connected, check out previous episodes, watch video of the show, and much more. I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, continue breaking with convention and taking action one step at a time.